What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is literally a super guest. And what I mean by that is he is the guy training superheroes or training actors to become superheroes, I guess you could say. But he is the guy that got Hugh Jackman ready for Wolverine, the guy who has been getting Ryan Reynolds ready for Deadpool 2 and all of his movies for the last 10 years. He's the guy that has been training pro golfers, celebrities, models, and a ton of other really cool people up in New York City um, at his facility. Um, this guy is Don Saladino. Me and Don got connected, um, started chatting, and then we ended up doing a podcast. And I really, really enjoyed him on the show for many reasons, but... One of the main reasons is because this guy is very on point with his training, his nutrition, his recovery modality. It's every like the way he views training and performance is really cool, holistic, and very similar to how I approach everything. In fact, we agreed on almost 100% of everything he is doing with these actors, which is a really cool thing to hear because I think a lot of people assume Wolverine getting ready for Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is in the gym for two hours a day doing cardio, doing sup- all these different supplements. And, and it's almost like this crazy process. But in reality, what he's doing is very functional-based movements, holistic-based whole food approach, focusing on sleep and recovery and lowering stress through different recovery modalities, whether that's massage or sleep or cryo or whatever it may be. So when I talk to Don about how he's training, Ryan, for example, we're talking Turkish get-ups, Bulgarian split squats, functional movement patterns, focusing on unilateral stuff, Focusing on a very whole food-based approach, like do macros matter? Yes, but food quality is important. We're talking sleep, lowering stress. Like Hearing him say that was super cool because I know a lot of people expect much different. They expect something extreme, and it's not about the extreme things always. It's about consistency with the smart things, and it was cool to hear him agree with me on all those things. So um, really, really pumped to have Don on the show, um, and I think you guys are going to take a lot away from this, not only from a perspective of transforming your physique because this guy is the master of transforming physiques, literally, because he's helping celebrities do it all the time. But also from a business perspective and just firing you up because the guy is super energetic, super passionate, and you can just hear it in his voice. And it's probably one of the main reasons he's so successful. Before we get into the show, I do want to mention my program, Functional Muscle. And the reason I want to shout this program out right now is because the philosophies that are put into Functional Muscle, the training program that I've designed, are the exact same philosophies that a lot of these actors are actually using. And I can say that with very good conviction now because I literally talked to Don about this on and off the air. And the truth is, is these actors are getting ready for movies through functional movement patterns, strength training, and good nutrition. This is the exact same approach that I use with my clients, but also the same approach I use for functional muscle and the advice I give in the private form you get when you purchase functional muscle. So if you guys want a chance to see what it is like to functionally strength train for a better physique, you can click the link in the show notes, get functional muscle now, Enter into the private Facebook group, and you can ask me anything you want to help guide you along the way. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the interview with Don Saladino. All right, Don, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited to have you here. Cody, excited to be on. Thanks a lot. Here, I hear great things, obviously. So it's uh, this is an honor. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. So let's kind of uh, get into your background first. Like, tell the listeners your story in a nutshell. Like, where did Don come from, and how did you get into what you do now? Yeah, really. You know, really quickly, I graduated college back in 1999. I was playing, you know, collegiate baseball and uh, had aspirations to move on and play from there. And uh, it didn't really 
pan out the way I intended. I got picked up and play over in Europe, which wasn't my plan. But the entire time was dreaming about fitness, nutrition. Um, you know, at that point, I decided to become a coach. Uh, at the time, I didn't really think there was a lot of money involved in it. I was under the assumption that, you know, um, you know, training is was, was kind of almost a new thing, and, and trainers weren't making a lot of money. I remember having, having a conversation with my mother and her saying, you know, go after what you what you love to do, and you'll figure it out. You always have. So went off, worked for a big box gym for about a year, left there, started my own private training practice to open uh, Dry 495 in the Soho area. Um, at that point, it revolved mainly around golf and fitness. So, you know, we were the first, you know, TPI you know, certified class. And we were very heavily into golf and golf fitness. My, my brother was my partner, a professional golfer. Uh, but then we pivoted away from that a little bit. We still have the golf fitness portion of it, but I got introduced to an actor by the name of Hugh Jackman, um, got him ready for a movie called Wolverine in Australia. Um, found that my, that my niche, even though it started with strength and conditioning, really came down to body composition, body transformation. I mean, I think it was just the passion of mind combining strength and conditioning with more of, uh, you know, more of a, you know, that physique look and um, getting into more nutrition, hormone testing, saliva, et cetera. So, you know, the business really just kind of blew up from that point on, uh, you know, started a media company, sold it, um, you know, became really entrepreneurial with the supplement brand called uh, Garden of Life, launched your sport line, clothing lines, uh, you know, uh, meal delivery service. Uh, now I have my app called um, playbook so you know i've been i've been i launched that about a year ago and it's doing really well so no it's fun it's been a it's been a fun run love it man you're obviously a serial entrepreneur which i love about that and uh let's skip back real quick because i know people are not going to want me to just brush over the fact that you run into hugh jackman and get him ready for wolverine which is a big deal and a huge movie so how did that happen how did you run into him it was by accident actually one of my buddies who was asking to rent some space for me brought him in um, and his wife got pregnant with triplets and he had a bail. And it was one of those things where he saw me training, approached me one day. was like, listen, I really want to work with you. I love your physique. I love what you're doing. I said, great. So we spent about a year together. Um, I handled everything from, you know, hiring a chef to supplementation to his training, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, and, and at that point there wasn't any social media. It was, it was funny. I mean, I didn't even really want him doing any press for me because my whole approach was let's not worry about them, but, but let's not, I'm sorry. Let's not worry about myself. Let's worry about them. Let's worry about the reason why they're actually right. coming in here. And, um, you know, I just focused a lot on him and he, and he just, we had a great relationship. Uh, my daughter, Amelia was born at the time. He asked me to come back to Australia with him for a little bit. And I, you know, I, I couldn't, and then we almost parted ways at that point. He moved away from the area I was in. But at that point, I mean, he he referred to me, everyone from Slow Johansson to Ryan Reynolds to, oh, my God. I mean, I've, I've worked with, I mean, I can go on and on probably 50 names right now. I mean, everyone from Emily Blunt to John Krasinski, Billy Crudup, we have Schreiber. I mean, I go on and on. People I can't even mention because I've signed some non-disclosure agreements. But uh, my business has really turned into a, you know, a full-service you know, uh, performance gym, you know, we're 15,000 square feet in Soho and, um, you know, it's, um, it's been fantastic. You know what, one thing I, I noticed you said is you talked about hormonal panels and stuff like that. And yeah. what I love about like real true transformation, it takes so much more than a cardio plan and training, right? Like you got to really go in depth with a lot of stuff. So can you touch on that and your approach when you get an actor who needs to get ready for a show like that? 
Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, obviously, I would love everyone to go in and do bloods. I mean, it's just it's giving me that much more information, and now I can curate the program. I mean, it, it completely to what they they need. And what, what a lot of individuals don't realize is that I think the program is the easy part. But if someone's coming in and their body's stressed and they're taxed, if we don't know what's going on, you know, how, how, how do I know what intensity they should be going at? It? You know, it's like, it's, it's almost like you're taking an educated guess based off of how they're moving. I mean, you can use methods like Omega Wave, et cetera, to give you some more information, but it's not really you know, as in depth as you want it to be. So I think it really depends on the individual. If I have someone who's really type A and they can really dive into it and they can use the analytics to their advantage, then great. But if I'm working with a guy, you know, who is, uh, who is very artsy and he or she needs to get ready for a movie role and we've got to kind of walk on eggshells in the beginning, otherwise we're going to scare the crap out of them. You know, a panel, even though might be beneficial to me, might not be where I want to start with them on day one. Uh, it might be something where I would need to build some confidence and then out of nowhere, it's like, you want to take this up a notch? And they're like, yeah, well, let's go into this. But, you know, it's really on a case-by-case basis. But if I had my druthers, I'd be all over it uh, on a day one. I love it, man. So uh, let's touch on your training a little bit. Do you, I mean, sure. do you have a general approach? I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who are really – strength oriented. They don't go over the six rep range. Then there's a lot of people who are stuck in the bodybuilding realm where they're doing 12 to 20 constantly. I'm a big fan of mixing a little bit of everything in because I do believe like undulating your periodization throughout the week is smart, but I'd love to hear you and how you approach it. Is it full body? What's your spiel? Yeah, I, I definitely take, I mean, I definitely probably follow a little bit more of a structure of what you were describing for yourself. Um, I do believe that I, I like to set my programming up in blocks. So a block might run anywhere from as little as three weeks to as much as say, uh, let me back it up. It might even be two weeks to as much as maybe four months if I'm doing a really in-depth powerlifting program. But I do not believe you know, uh, uh, that all year long we should be sticking at a specific rep range. I just feel like in time, you know, your, um, you know, the things with your energy system happens. I mean, travel stress, I mean, what might feel good on month two might feel awful on month four joints start taking a beating. It really all depends on how the individual's resting and how they're responding. But as you know, you can build quality muscle with high repetitions and you can build it with low repetitions. Uh, but I am a believer that, you know, I mean, even for myself, just jumping, jumping around a little bit, I, I love being strong and I love powerlifting and doing, you know, all that fun stuff. But right now I've gotten to a lot of uh, more work capacity. So I'm working a lot with the bell right now. We're doing a lot of time sets and we're doing a lot of ladders and it's freaking hard. I mean, we're getting our workouts done in 25 minutes, which is nice, sometimes even less. And I might be splitting them up and doing my mobility more in the morning when I wake up. But, um, you know, it, it, it's fun to, to, to challenge yourself and a client with a little bit of a different approach. Um, if someone's coming into me and they've been used to working up in the 15, 20 range, yeah, I will try and get them out of their uh, comfort zone and, and potentially periodize them down a little bit lower. Um, as for the full body, yeah, I love full body workouts. I also believe that we can train with a little bit more frequency than it's been led on to be in the past. You know, it's uh, there's no reason why we can't be doing full, full body workouts four or five days a week. But again, the intensity has to change. Be a little bit of a more of an easier strength approach. Upper lower body splits are great. Your traditional bodybuilding splits, you know, uh, a muscle group a week. I mean, I got to be honest, I've gotten really far away from that in, over the last several years. But it's not saying that a block during the year 
I may not jump to that if my body's just feeling beat up or run down because I feel like I'm giving myself a little more rest and re- recovery because I'm doing a little bit more isolation and I'm not, you know, pounding deadlifts or squatting two, three days a week or benching it or doing those core lifts um, a lot more frequently. So again, I think there's a place for everything. I just feel like that these are all tools in our tool chest. And I think a really good coach knows what tool to go in and to grab for that specific client, uh, all depending on, um, A, what they need, and two, giving them a little bit of what they want also. Dude, that, I mean, you couldn't have had a better answer. Like I 100% agree with everything you just said. And it's nice knowing that too, because I think, and I'd love to get your take on this. I think a lot of people would assume, people like Hugh Jackman, for example, are probably in the gym two hours a day, every day, trying to get ready for this role and stuff. And in my mind, I'm thinking, He's probably has a very busy, hectic, high stress, high travel lifestyle. That might not be the best approach because his stress hormones are probably through the roof. So how do you approach somebody like that who has a deadline, but is also living such a stressed life that might not need the intensity? I'm going to switch guys right now. I'm actually going to take it to Ryan Reynolds because Hugh, I haven't seen Hugh. I haven't seen in years, but Ryan's got his Deadpool two coming out. I've been working with Ryan for almost 10 years now. I mean, he's probably one of the guys that I'm actually closest to. Um, Ryan's a perfect example who came in and initially was on that one body part a week thing when I met him. And and rightfully so. I mean, 10 years ago, a lot of us were doing that. But I mean, as of recently, you know, Ryan's doing Turkish get-ups and Ryan's, you know, doing unilateral pressing and he's doing rear foot elevates, foot squats, and he's doing movements that are really getting himself in tune with his body. But his, cha- his training changes, you know, when we're Deadpool training, yeah, the reps are getting a little lower. We're doing some bilateral movements. We're doing some trap bar deadlifting. Things are going on. And then I feel like when he's getting to press, I'm really trying to get him to doing a lot more unilateral work, a lot of one-on-one legged work where we're just kind of opening his body because I know how much he's going to be on the plane. I know how I want his hips to open up. I know his body's just going to feel a little bit better, rightfully so from it. But that's the beauty of it is that throughout the year, we kind of, we can map out a general plan, but that plan always changes. It, it, it's like, and, and you re- remember reading about guys like Tudor Bapa, or you're reading about linear periodization. You're leading, reading about these programs that really do work, but it's really difficult to take someone like a Ryan or a Hugh who could be in different time zones you know, every week and to have them so reliant upon a percentage and that their weight has to jump two and a half pounds, it's really discouraging because nine out of 10 times, they're not going to be successful with it. And why are you going to set a client up for failure? But the, my whole saying is no matter what, no matter what happens, my, my line for the last 20 years has been when the client comes in, no matter what they're leaving, they're feeling better. And if that means I have to deviate off the plan a little bit to enable them to be successful, Damn right, I'm going to do that. But you know, that's an approach a lot of coaches don't want to take, and I think they got to loosen up about it a little bit. I love that too because I think that's what's going to build adherence, right? And if we look at things in the grand scheme of things, like you said, over the course of a year, if they can't follow it for thirty plus days, then what is the point? Exactly, consistency. Exactly. I mean, you beautifully said. <laughs> what about uh like do you are you enforcing cardio is are you one of those guys that's like really just nutrition and strength training do you implement cardio with these guys or or what's your philosophy on that i do uh, car- I, I i do like implementing cardio but i think the cardio also depends on 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 what their nervous system's telling me and, and, and where their hormones are at or or what their mood's like so you know everyone's on this huge you know for the last five years you know hit training hit training hit training and, and though i like hit. I got to be honest with you, man. It's like, 
a lot of the people can't handle it that that often. We can mix it in a little bit here and there, but they really need a little bit more recovery work, and they may need their heart rate between 120 and 150 for about 30 minutes to where they feel like they're getting waste out of their body, and they are able to get a really good night's sleep and wake up the next day and almost feel ready to go again. So, you know, I think it depends on the individual. It is a tool that I like to use. If I had to choose one or the other, I mean, come on, I'm going with my resistance training. I'm going with some form of strength training, but I do like throwing cardio in. I do feel like psychologically it helps. I do feel like physically, aesthetically, it can help, but it can also work against you if you really overdo it. So what about nutrition? How do you approach that with most of your clients? Food quality is number one. Uh, Food quality is always number one. Um, You know, I'll I'll even jump off. Obviously, this has nothing to do with nutrition, but sleep, obviously, is huge for me. Digestion is huge. So I would say sleep, food quality, and digestion are probably the top three things that I'm really looking at. Depending on the individual coming in, you know, it depends. Do I have to measure macros or not? I mean, Ryan, someone like Ryan, he's so driven with his diet that, his his eating will get very monotonous over a period of time. And I know every day he's waking up having the same breakfast, the same snack, the same lunch. And that's good when he's prepping because then his body can really adapt and make that change. I think a lot of times we get into this food rotation thing, which is healthy, but the body, the macros are so all over the place that the body can't make that aesthetic change that it really needs to make so i think it depends on the individual coming in i think that when you're dealing with a heavier set person like dave harbour who i who's um, an actor in the movie stranger things that i just got ready for hellboy dave was someone coming into me at six foot four 250 pounds his studio called me and said we don't want him losing any weight they called me within four weeks of training and they said we're going to pull the budget because he's losing too much weight i said guys he's lost a pound they said, well, he's, he's prosthetics too. Everything fits differently. I said, we're changing the shape of his body, but that's really good to know because if this is screwing you up, then I got to make some changes with diet. So, you know what? At night, we were focusing on food quality, but if you wanted to have that ice cream, I was like, all right, bro, you know, go do it. You can use the extra calories. You know, I don't love the fact. I was like, just choose a good quality ice cream if you're going to have it. I don't want any crap chemicals in this body. But um, it really depends on the individual. And that's the fun thing about my job is that you may have someone that's got to look like they're in an Abercrombie ad, but then you may have someone like Dave, who my main focus with him was resiliency. And the fact that when he came in, he, had, he was struggling to pick up a 24 kilo kettlebell because his back was killing him. And then within nine weeks, he was ripping 400 pounds off the floor with no pain. So for me, my goal was to make sure he put on that suit and he had that like, all right, man, I can run through a brick wall type of mentality because then that actually helps out his acting. And um, that went a long way for him. I love that, man. Do you, so with, I think the, the macro talk is going to kind of throw people for a twist because macro is such a hot topic right now. Um, and I, I too, I definitely have clients that are on very regimen macro plans because they have an aesthetic goal and it helps. Um, do you enforce or not necessarily enforce, but suggest pretty not strict, but rigid meal plans, like very, very similar days to these people who don't want to track macros, but they need an aesthetic change. You know what? It's funny. If someone is so discouraged about tracking macros, I'm going to try and take a different approach because I I, always in the beginning, you know, first thing is, what are you training for? Okay. Second thing is like, what are you coming in here with? And then after that, it's like, all right, let's try and take a minimalistic approach to get you there. If Ryan's turning to me, he's got to be on the cover of a magazine in three weeks or a Ryan Gosling who's come to me in the past three weeks he has all right, dude, you know, it's, you're going to be a little miserable for the next three weeks. Like, I'll just be very clear about this. But you know what? Most people, I think, would be surprised that they can really get to the goal that they need to get to 
without having to actually strangle themselves. I mean, I know when I, I just shot the cover of Muscle and Fitness, I'm on the March cover, which I don't even know is still on the stands or not. And I did that shoot for the first time. I took a different approach. I said, you know what? I'm going to go into this shoot without dehydrating my body. I'm going to go into this shoot without dropping my carb levels, without doing any type of, you know, deload, refeed, because it gets, if you've done it before, it gets really technical and tricky and you could miss your timing and screw everything up. So for five weeks, this is basically what I ended up doing. I went with 275 grams of protein. I went with 300 grams of carbohydrates, all from sweet potato and white rice. And I went for, I went to about 90 grams of fat. Now I, I logged that every day on an app called Chronometer. You can use MyFitnessPal. And I did not have a cheat, an ounce of booze or anything. And what happened? Listen, my body fat's low all year long, but I started noticing within two weeks that I lost probably, you know, seven pounds of water weight. I lost 10 pounds total for the whole five weeks. But what started happening, what people don't understand this is that your skin in time starts getting really thin. And you're and you start getting a little more veiny and you start waking up every morning and you're like, all right, wow, I never had that vein on my upper pack. That's weird. And you're literally going through this really slow transformation. So when people ask me, can I have cheats? Absolutely, you can have cheats. It's just how far along do you want to take this? But my whole goal with that cheat was to go in there and show someone that, listen, you know what? I'm coming here looking pretty good. I may not be the most ripped human being on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, but my body fat was definitely below 6% and, and I was lean as hell. But I can walk around like that all year long and feel healthy, if that makes sense. A lot of these guys, they don't, they don't do that. No, and I think, like you said, it does get true. I've done a physique show, and I've helped people get on stage, and I think they are confused when we when I don't want to manipulate too many things. Like, let's take more time to get there and not worry about it because there's just so many factors, and it's not healthy to be playing with your sodium levels like that at the last minute. Um, but when you were doing that, were you really, really focused on like quote unquote clean eating, like paleo style foods and stuff like that, or was it was it more like fitting? It's, it's how I eat all year long. You know, it's, it, 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 nothing changed. I think all that changed was where normally I might go out with my kids and I might have a burger and fries on say a Saturday night or a Sunday night. Um, I'm not a big drinker, but maybe, you know, once every few weeks I'd have a tequila or a beer or whatever, if I'm out at a party, like that just went out the window. So I completely got rid of that. My training really didn't change. I did bump up some of the steady state cardio because I was trying to I was trying to sweat a little bit more, but I gotta be honest with you, I don't even know if I really needed it. You know, it becomes a fine line of like, are we beating ourselves up too much? Are we working too much where we're drained going into that? But I was playing ice hockey. I mean, I play ice hockey all winter long. As I was prepping for this, I had three games a week. Three games a week where it's two lines. I mean, I'm going out there, I'm skating my ass off of the center for an hour straight. So there were things I was doing that was a little against the books, but I'm a bodybuilder, man. Like I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete that happens to want to take your shirt off all year long and be around that 6% body fat range. And I want to be able to rip a lot of a, a, a big amount of weight off the floor, you know, not big 800 pound powerlifting numbers, but I'm trying to get up to that 600 pound range or, you know, but there's things that I still want to be able to do that just, they don't mix with the whole physique, as you know, bodybuilding world. Right. So let's talk about like the average individual listening to this who jives with what you're saying like i saw you on the cover shredded dude um and the fact that you Thank felt you. good the fact the fact that you felt good is even better like that's really really important yeah. so for those people who are listening who do want to get below 10 percent body fat but feel good in the process not plummet their sex drive and be st- more stressed out what's your best advice for them to start moving towards that direction they don't have a timeline they don't have a deadline but they want to get lean and they want to feel good 
you know, I think it's consistency. I think what ends up happening first things first, it's consistent on all aspects. And when I say diet, I mean, you know, if you're going to cheat on a certain day, that's fine. Be consistent with that certain day, but don't go overboard. Live by some laws. You know, if you're going to say, I'm going to do it once a week, fine, do it once, once a week. But even from a training standpoint, people come out of the gate and they just absolutely blister themselves. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go six days a week and I'm going to do hit training. And, you know, they're, you know, they're doing whatever their split is, upper, lower, and they're doing hit training four or five days a week. And six weeks in, they're, they're ready to hang themselves. They're like, I can't. I'm, I'm just exhausted. I feel like crap. And I think what we really need to do a better job of is listening to our bodies day in and day out. If you feel like a day where you got to scale back, even if it's not what's on the program, potentially go maybe do some recovery cardio, do some mobility, throw a kettlebell around a little bit, open the body up, feel really good. And I think if you're consistently going in day in and day out and you're being successful and you're not falling off the wagon a few times a year, I think in time you're going to turn around and realize, wow, you know what? I'm not, I'm not strangling myself from all aspects and my body's improving and we got to get our sleep better. I mean, that's just, people think, oh, you know, I could sleep four or five hours a night. This doctor told me, no, you can't. Like, your doctor's wrong. You, you've learned, like, and it, it's like, it's the same thing with the guy who goes out and he drinks two, three nights a week. And he's like, you know, I wake up and I feel fine. I'm like, no, you don't. And I'm like, let's do this. Can you give me 30 days? I'll give you 30 days. And then I give them a crash course where we go no booze and we're eating healthy for 30 days and we're listening to our bodies. And then the next time, then they, they, they notice their sleep improves. And then when they go back and they drink, they're like, I feel like shit. I'm like, exactly. You've learned to live in that state of almost being hungover a few mornings a week, which in Wall Street finance is pretty common. And uh, you've just learned to cope with that. But when you really start getting quality rest and recovering, then you see that body fat come down. You see that strength come up and you really start valuing how you're feeling on a Saturday morning, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh... – I think a lot of people don't actually know. I wrote about this in one of my uh, posts today. It's like people don't know what it feels like to actually thrive. And what I mean by that is there's so many people that are stressed out. Their hormones are out of whack. Their nervous system shut down. So like you said, they say, oh, I can, I can sleep a few hours and I'm cool. Or like they don't eat super clean and they don't feel the difference. They don't feel energized. But they've never felt that way. Like they need to make that change to feel that way. Um, so I'd be, I'd be curious, how do you – measure people's progress on a weekly basis. I'm a big fan of what I call biofeedback. And I have all my clients fill out a form every week that's pretty much like, let's look at stress, sleep, performance, recovery, mood, cravings, things like that. Because I want to know if you're in tune with your body and if you're moving in the right direction. Because if internally you're feeling good, you're probably externally going to look good. <clears throat> what do you do for your actors and non-actors like to get them on point and make sure we're looking at metrics every week? You know, it's a great question. I mean, I mean, I love using some type of feedback. I mean, I mean, even something as simple as getting a client onto an in-body to where they're able to quantify some success. But, you know, with, with a lot of them, I mean, we're starting with basics, energy level, strength improvement, rest quality. My main goal with them is obviously movement, which I haven't spoken about. Obviously, I'm saying obviously I haven't talked much about it, but movement and energy. And I feel like if I can improve their movement and if I can improve their energy, everything else takes care of itself. But the people that I work with, there's a lot of variables being involved. They travel a lot. People think are, are under the assumption that these actors all have chefs and that they're all flying private jets. It's not the case. I mean, Blake Lively, I've been working with for probably eight years, right after she had a child, was taking a car service in from Bedford at three, four in the morning, was shooting movies all day and then coming in at night at by seven, eight o'clock and um, debating whether she should do cardio or not. So, you know, they, people don't look at it that way. They're all, they're all under the assumption that they're, that they're pampered. So 
for me, it's trying to optimize energy. And when I do that and I get the mentally coming and feeling great, then awesome. There's other quantifiable measures that we can use or specific screenings that we might use at drive that we can go back and we can retest. But all in all, I feel like if I just follow those basic measures, I feel like a lot happens. And, uh, you know, it's not discouraging a lot of people because sometimes they slip off. And again, my attitude is to really make sure that they're feeling good and that they're mentally, they're, they're in a very good spot. What is the most common thing that you see that you feel is uh, underestimated or overlooked as far as like what is holding people back from really making a big transformation that they probably are overlooking? Yeah, well, someone just asked me this question recently. Uh, a couple different things. Um, one would be, and I've been talking about it a lot, is sleep, uh, which, which holds people back because they, they get home at night. They don't know how to unwind. So they, so they get home, and when they should be in bed by, say, 9, 10 o'clock, in my opinion, um, they're on the iPads late at night. They're complaining to me because they can't fall asleep. And I'm like, guys, this is obviously, you know, this is, this is, really, this is really obvious. Um, the other thing is, and we haven't talked about this, is the movie Rocky, which you and I, which I'm, I'm assuming you love. I mean, everyone know what, what goes on the planet doesn't love but it's really kind of set us up for a lot of a lot of troubles in this industry because what ends up happening is people come in here and they expect to have to take that rocky mentality, that rocky four, climbing up the hill, and they're 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 so misled on intensity. A lot of these group training classes, you know, and I'm going to name them. I'll, I'll name them: the Barry's boot camps, the Tone Houses, all these spots that bring people in. They just want to crush you for 40 minutes. It's the entertainment effect. So people will leave there on day one, sweating, high energy, feeling great. It gets them as close to college when their coach used to beat the crap out of them as they've been in 20 years. But the reality is, is that they're not improving. In time, they see injuries start coming on. They notice that their, that their body isn't actually getting in any better shape. And they can start seeing that movement quality starts plummeting. And for me, I'm like, well, wait a second. That's everything that we're working for. You know, so we're going in and we're taking a specific group of CrossFit, you know, and, and, and you see these people are actually getting weaker and weaker. So for me, I think it's explaining to the client, getting them to understand that there's times of the year or there's times of the week that we are going to drop the hammer. But there's other times where you're going to benefit even more from running from, a, a, say, 80 percent throughout the entire workout and making sure there's a little left in the bank and coming in and consistently hitting that day in and day out. People are going to find that they're, that they're, that their improvements could go through the, uh, go through the roof. I love it, dude. So uh, let's, let's shift gears real quick. Cause I know you're involved in the supplement industry. Um, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to touch on that because I know you have some good knowledge on that. I know you partner with garden for life. So what is your um, philosophy behind that? You seem to be a pretty, I don't think natural is the right word for it, but everything you talk about is a really good approach based on nutrition and proper movement and like going about things the right way. So I'd love to hear your opinion on supplements because supplements can go one of two directions, very negative, hardcore, dogmatic approach, or it can go the holistic route. So I want to hear your take. You know, it's funny. It's it, no matter where it, you're going to see negative, even for a company that I work for now, uh, like, like Garden of Life. I mean, recently there was a consumer report bashing their, um, their plant-based protein and the companies bashing it or the companies that were at the top of the consumer report were the ones with all the artificial sweeteners and that were, you know, it, it, all this crap in the, in the product. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of politics out there, but the reality is, is I've been in the industry for 20 years. I've taken some really good, clean supplements and I know it through specific farms, but these spots 
they can't mass produce. So Garden of Life is the first company that I've come in contact with where I've actually seen and met the farmers. You know, we went over to Ireland, the uh, VP of the company, um, Jeff Robs, and he um, established a contract with a co-op over there, 4,800 farmers, where you are actually getting fully certified grass-fed whey. 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, where typically if you're seeing that that grass-fed certification, that I'm sorry, that grass-fed verification, it means that the cattle only has to be fed um, grass for 15 minutes, which yeah. means the other 23 hours and 45 minutes, you can be fed grain. It's like, all right, well, what the hell's the point? That's crooked. Yeah. So I, I think if I'm going to, I could sit here and I can pump up this company a lot, but I think that it's really, it, this is a really easy takeaway and, and you're going to love this. There's over 33,000 supplement SKUs on the shelf. Out of those 33,000, only 1% of them hold the organic and non-GMO seal. That's it. That's only 1%. It's crazy, which means, you know, 31,000 is, is there, we do not know what's in it. Now it's not FDA approved, none of the stuff, but Garden of Life has got two seals on top of those, those two that I just, so they have the organic and the non-GMO, but it also has something called NSF, which you've probably been hearing a lot of in the States. You know, a lot of these professional sports teams wants an NSF certification for the listeners who are unaware of NSF. When you see that seal, it's a governing body that's stating that there's no illegal or banned substances in any of the products. But what's even better than the NSF is something called the informed choice. And that is basically the NSF globally. So now in every in different countries, there's it's verified that there's no banned substances. So we have an organic, non-GMO, NSF, and informed choice. That's all I tell people to do now. They're like, well, can you recommend a product? I won't even say GOL. I say go find those four, go find those four um, labels, and you decide what you want to put in your body. And then right there, that kind of cleans everything up. So I'm in, you know, I, I, I'm in contact with the people who are on top of quality control. I see the peas, what pea far, farms that these supplement that, um, that goes into these supplements with GOL. You know, I met the Nigerian company. I met the Lorenzen family who are the ones that produce the pea protein that goes into the plant. And uh, a lot of us are, are finding out that pea actually has a much higher amino acid profile, much closer to whey. So there's some beautiful information and, and research out on supplements now. And you know what? Supplements, if you do your research, can be very beneficial. I love, dude, it's, it, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's just insane to hear the numbers, especially like, I had no idea it was that bad. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. It's really cool that you can go watch and see that happen. And then obviously I'm glad that you're telling the listeners so they can, can get a piece of that. Um, besides whey protein, which I think is a great way to go or pee or whatever. Um, if you can't get your protein intake, are there any other supplements that you like your clients to take or you personally take to, to transform your physique, athletic performance, anything like that? Yeah, listen, so Garden of Life, so I create, I help create the Garden of Life sport line. So if you go out and you buy Garden of Life sport line, that's, that's, that's where I put my, my stamp on all their stuff is great, but they have an incredible plant-based protein. Also the, the sport line, the majority of the protein is through pea. And I like pea because like I mentioned earlier, it's got a higher amino, higher amino acids profile. There are other um, sources out there that GOL I think is going to start implementing, you know, you obviously have egg protein. You obviously have beef protein, um, but again, can you get them, you know, for fully certified, you know, grass fed or, or free range or what 
what sources are they coming from are really important. Um, you know, they're doing specific bone broths now are, are high in protein, but you know, I'm in, I'm, I have a deal set up with GOL. I just would recommend if you're going to go buy a protein, make sure you have those verifications on it. It's also telling you a lot about a company because those verifications are really expensive yeah. and very time consuming. Like you've got to go through, you know, years of attorney fees. And, and it, this is not something that you apply for in a month you have. I mean, there is protocol that you have to follow here. That is a nightmare. So when you see a company that starts implementing these certs on there, you know that the top of the food chain, you know, the people in the company who are running it really have their head in the right spot. Um, and, and, and that's what I look for. I don't know if they carry it, but what, what is your opinion on uh, fish oil, creatine, anything like that? Do you, are you supplementing with anything besides protein? Or are you all? all yeah. Protein? Yeah. I, I can actually go through my, through my, uh, my uh, supplement um, closet right now. I take a magnesium before I go to bed from a, a doctor formulated. It's Dr. Perlmutter, who I've actually spoken with on a few panels. The guy's brilliant. He wrote a book called Grain Brain. Um, he's probably one of the biggest experts I've ever met on the microbiome and gut health. And it's pretty cool to be able to ask that guy questions about digestion. So he created a magnesium. It's a new magnesium powder that I take. It's like effervescent. Um, you mix it up and you drink it before bed. And that really helps get my body to calm down. And it actually helps with regularity too, which sounds funny. But, uh, I, I take that, I take a, um, a B12 spray, a C spray and a D spray all from, um, garden of life. Um, I take a fish oil called Oceans from GOL as well, and I take CoQ10. So that's uh, that's pretty much it. As for the protein powders, I mean, at the most, I might take it once a day. Um, it's a little treat for me, uh, but when I'm getting ready, actually, when I was getting ready for the shoot four weeks, I was still taking protein powder, which I never would have done. Um, but again, like I said, I was like, you know what? I want to go into this with what I can carry. And um, the week out, I just removed it just because I knew my body would get a little bit tighter if I if I removed the whey. Um, and I, to be honest, I can't even tell if it really did or not. But uh, I guess that was more for psychological purposes. But um, all in all, um, what else? Would I, oh, you know, some MCT oil. I like like supplementing with the Garden of Life Dr. Formulated MCT oil. You know, I'll use some coconut oil when I'm cooking. It's probably one of the safer oils I like to use when I cook because it can handle high temperature and very high quality olive oil, which I get from a buddy of mine's store who gets everything imported from Italy. So it's really clean. So again, paying close attention to food quality. A lot of people aren't going to have access to some of the stuff that I pay attention to, nor do I think they need to. But as much as this is my job, it's my hobby as well. That's huge and super important for people to hear because everything you just listed is all plant sourced vitamins and minerals and supplements. And I think a lot of people assume like, okay, he's on the cover of a magazine. I should probably be taking again, creatine and pre-workout and arginine and all these different things. And the cool thing is, is I'm the same exact way. I take fish oil, vitamin D, I take magnesium, very, very basic stuff. And I think it's very, very important for people to hear because you don't need all that stuff. I think a simplistic approach is very important. I think someone like your like yourself, who obviously practices what he preaches and, and, and puts his body under stress, I think throughout the year, if someone like me or you wanted to jump, I'm not against BCAs and I'm not against creatine. I spoke to GOL about it because I launched the sport line. So I'm like, you know, there's specific supplements that might be gloomy. They're like, we bought that stuff. We love BCAs. We just can't get an organic non-GMO yet. But when we figure out, we'll end yeah. up doing it. And to hear that line, you're almost like very refreshed. And when they signed me to my deal a few years ago, I turned to them. I said, guys, I'm not 
be, I'm sorry, before I signed with, with them, I thought they were a plant-based company. I'm like, guys, I'm not a vegan. They're like, oh no, we're, we're, we're just a plant strong company. We want, we want to talk to you about doing a whey protein. And I was like, oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Well, great. And now when people call me and they say, well, or they message me on social media, you know, should I take whey or plant? I just tell them to rotate it, honestly, because, yeah. the, you know, and even with the research out there, whey's got a higher amino acid profile. Like, come on, man. Like if I train the next 12 months, you have two Don Saladinos with the exact same hormone profile and the exact same everything and the exact same big nose that I have and everything is mapped out the exact same way. Dude, if I give, if I, if I give Don one way and I give Don two plant, like how much different am I going to be at the end of the year? And that's what I think we, I think we take this research and we just run too far in one direction. I'll never forget, I read research years ago about the decline dumbbell press. And out of nowhere, it came out. I'm like, oh, here we go. And then and this doctor was talking about, I think, uh, oh, God, well, I forgot what research, uh, I forgot who the researcher was. But he said something to the effect of, you recruit more muscle fibers from doing the decline press than any, um, any chest lift. So now I'm like, great. Every guy on the planet now is going to come and want to do decline dumbbell presses. And when I dove into the research, and I, I verified it with a couple of doctors. They're like, yeah, it's true, but it's by like 0.001%. Yeah. Like you won't even know. Like it, it's so minuscule. That's a lot of the problem with research nowadays that we, we get an ounce of research, we throw it in the air, and then everyone thinks they have to run in that direction. Be like, it's like hit training. Oh, hit training, you burn more fat. Research shows that you burn more fat. Whether that's true or not, because research has gone in so many different directions. And yes, I know hit training, you burn a lot of body fat, but hit training might be the wrong decision for someone like me who's going to bed at 9 p.m. but waking up at 4 every morning. So I'm missing that clock of sleeping from 4 to 6 where maybe testosterone might be producing more of it. I might be a little exhausted on the days I'm supposed to be doing cardio. So am I going to force myself to do crappy hit? Or am I going to get on there and get my heart rate between 120 and 150 and, and help with the recovery process? and burn some fat, but get off. They're feeling good. So you make the decision. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go in, but a lot of people need, I think as coaches, we got to get better. We have to take the research and we got to use it a little bit better. All right. 100% agree. And I think that intuitiveness is the big key there, right? Like knowing and listening to your body, because again, if you do step in the gym and maybe you did get sleep and you didn't have a stressful day, go after that hit cardio. But on some days you need to accept that list cardio, a little bit lower intensity is probably the better route to go. So I think I 100% agree right. with you. Um, I'd love to touch on your app, man. So you said that you had an app that came out and, and you're, you're going in, obviously that's a completely different realm than the in-place gym. So can you touch on that? Yeah, it was actually backing up about seven years ago, I launched a media company called Driven. And I, and I did these curated apps around professional athletes. So I signed three deals. I signed one with Adrian Peterson, who at the time won the NFL MVP. And I'm getting the year wrong, maybe seven, eight, six years. It was right around that time. But Adrian Peterson, Dwayne Wade, right after he won a championship, and Ernie Els, who, you know, my brother and I are golfers, so we did a deal with a golfer, right, rightfully so. And we launched the apps. And, we, you know, we went into their hometown, and we shot them training and practicing, and we discussed with them their nutrition. And we, we launched this app, which was almost like their own cribs. It was like... This is how they trained. We filmed them doing it, and it was world-class. And we went to number one in the app store in two of the categories, and we're sitting there one day watching all this money flood, flood in, and we're completely shocked over it. And then we literally watched it like a roller coaster, hit a peak, and ride it back down. And what we ended up doing, it was a really good learning curve because we sold the company. We re recouped some of our money. You know, We didn't make money on it. We recouped some of it, made our 
investors, um, you know, hold to an extent, <laughs> if that makes sense. But there was a really good lesson to be learned there. And it was, you, you know, you're sitting there going, why wasn't it successful? And we found out later on that it was because of engagement. An athlete like Neymar, one of the best soccer players in the world, has 100 million followers. He launches an app and it fails miserably. Why? And it's because they weren't engaging. So we, I, I teamed up with, um, with a team called Fitner about a year ago, which we then turned to Playbook. They made me a partner. Um, and we created this world-class app where, you know, all I do, I mean, all day long besides training people and focusing on my business and brands is engage with people on my app and engage with them through my social media channels. And what I do is every month I launch a, um, a male program and a female program only for the reasons that it's requested. Like I believe men and women can be training the exact same way. And but that's another, conver- that's another conversation. And that's something that I think people just aren't really that ready for or ready to hear yet, especially when you're dealing with general pop. So we created a male program and a female program and we launched their program the first of every month. They have their program to work on. And then what they do is they fire off to us requests, what they want in addition to that. So someone might want a mobility program. They might want um, a travel program for their hotel room an abs workout, an arms workout, um, a recovery workout. And what we do all month is we build these workouts and we launch it in the bonus section. So you get your set routine. That's going to help you progress at the very least work on that program. But then you get your bonus workouts and through the whole process, you got myself and my team helping you with customer service, sending us video, we're answering them, and we're able to do it to scale. I mean, we, we just launched it and it's doing really well. I've got a revision um, coming out, I think in two or three weeks, which is going to make the app, in my opinion, 99% spot on. And it's my way right now of being able to get to the, to the public and work with people, you know, over in, I've got customers now in Antarctica, Australia, you know, specific parts of, you know, Europe, Italy, it, it, it's insane, North America, South America. So to be able to have that reach now and really take the general pop who, to be honest with you, a lot of them, we, for, we forget. We're, we're, we're around our clients who learn and they understand. We're around other trainers who, we, I, I like to think know pretty well what they're doing, at least the ones that I'm around. And I'm sure the ones that you're around, but people out there, they don't, they don't get it. You know, I'm getting questions every day. You know, I hurt my back during deadlifts. What do I do? And I'm like, don't do deadlifts. <laughs> if, the pain, if the pain's really bad, go to a doctor. You know, you might want to give it a day or two to see if it starts subsiding. And, but they don't know how to answer these questions. And rightfully so. It's not what they do for a living. They're almost a little insecure about it. So I feel as professionals, if we have the opportunity now to take our knowledge and put it out there to the masses and be able to help people on a very large scale. Wow, that's awesome. And then don't the programming's damn good, man. I can't I mean, Brian Reynolds joined it and was off in another country working on it. And he loved it. He's like, wow, man. It's like, I just go heavier on some of them. I go, exactly. I go, this is, this is not, you know, this is good stuff. This is for a beginner, but it's also for someone on your level right now. That's perfect, man. I love it. And it's, it's so cool what the industry is becoming and the online space is creating for us. Social platforms are creating for us because, I mean, when I started too, I wasn't on Instagram or anything. And my mentor said the same thing to me is like, you should probably get on there because it's going to blow up. So I love where it's going. You, uh, Man, everything you've been saying, I 100% agree with, which is super refreshing to hear because you're working with some top dogs in a lot of different industries. So it's really, really cool to hear that you're so on point and that gives me reassurance that I'm so on point and that my listeners are getting great information. What is next for Don? I mean, you have a lot of things going on. I'm curious of what's next, man. What are you, what are you planning on building or creating or, or mapping out? 
I mean, for the first time in my career, I, I, I feel like I just got to keep my foot on the gas. And what I've been doing is I've just been trying to put more systems in place. I've been trying to surround myself. I've got an incredible team that I work with. Um, I've got my brother who's my business partner at Drive. Um, I've got Tiago Passos, who's been a trainer of mine for 13 years. That's now helping me out with digital. Uh, Kim Nunez, who runs kind of my life and manages the uh, club. I mean, I've got all these people that, uh, JT Netterville, sales. I mean, I got to give these people props, but they allow me to be able to relax on certain areas and really trust them. So I think what I have to keep doing is keep my foot on the gas, make sure I'm not diluting the, um, the main purpose of what I'm trying to do and make sure I'm not taking on too much, focusing on, you know, my brick and mortar space, focusing on my app, focusing on a few of the brands and just trying to over deliver to them what, what my obligation is. And I feel like if I do that and just continue to keep being myself and keep being a good person and, helping people out on a day-to-day basis, whether it's in front of me or digitally. I don't know, man. I feel like that's that's all I need to be doing. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I just think right now it's like a bottle of wine, man, not to sound corny. It just needs time, you know? Yep, 100%. So, uh, dude, a lot of a ton of takeaways for people. What is, uh, what's some advice, like just one or up to three things that you would give the younger trainers listening to the show or people who are just starting their fitness business? Like what is some really big takeaways and lessons that you've learned over your career that you would give them now? You know, it, it, there's two contra- contradictory lessons. I think for the younger trainer, you got to throw balls in the air. And I think what you got to do is you got to carve time aside. You got to take social media really seriously. Um, you have to contact editors. You have to contact influencers. You have to expect to be kicked in the face nine out of 10 times and just spread the word and get, get these people in there, train them for free. Let them see your facility. If you don't have a facility, you know, offer them something that's special. Don't even worry about the money end of it. Just get in front of people and establish relationships. At a specific point, though, when you got a lot of balls in the air and things are happening, you've got to be mature and you've got to step back and you got to recognize what are the ones paying dividends and where do I have to start focusing my time. And I think if you can do that and you can be mature and you can be someone who can say, you know what, this isn't working or this is working and I have to pivot, that's probably the thing that I'm best at in life. I've made so many freaking mistakes. I mean, I've been admitted with, with driven. Was that a mistake? Well, yeah, we wasted some money on it, but there were lessons there that were learned that's enabling me to do what I'm doing. So that was just part of my path. So, I mean, don't be afraid to make mistakes, learn to pivot when you make them, you know, learn to recognize, all right, you know what, this isn't working out. I'm not going to let people take over. It's time to, to take another direction. I mean, but just be passionate about it through all this, everything I just said, you got it. If you're in this industry and you love what you're doing and you like, I love what I'm doing. I wouldn't be doing anything else. So I'm just, I'm sticking the path and I'll just continue to do what I'm doing. Dude. I love that. Great advice. Simple too, but much needed. One more final question for you. I always do this with all my, all my guests. It's a personality question. So we'll, we'll see where your mind goes on this. You're on a phone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a flight to Japan. So you got a long flight ahead of you. You're in the middle seat and you have two empty seats right next to you. And they're completely empty. And you can put anybody in those chairs to fly with you to Japan. They can be alive or dead, but you cannot choose friends or family. Who is sitting next to you on that flight? Ooh, I can't choose friends or family. All right. Well, you just got me off the hook there. You just got me <laughs> off the hook there. Two people. Um, you know what? I would say the first thing that came to mind right now, you're going to laugh, but Arnold, I'd probably say Arnold Schwarzenegger just because why not? I mean, listen, man, I mean, 
uh, come on, that was one of the guys that kind of led me in the direction that I went in. But it's pretty impressive to see someone who was so entrepreneurial and that actually achieved. I mean, you watch his Pumping Iron movie oh, yeah. in 1975 when he was in uh, when he was over in South Africa competing against, you know, uh, Louis Ferrigno, he said, you know, he's everything he said he wanted to be, he dreamed about a, di- a dictate being some sort of a dictator or a politician. And he became that and being a movie star and became that it's impressive for me to see someone. I like hearing how they, how they think. And then probably one of the ultimate motivators, I'd probably pick like a Tony Robbins or someone that I would just want to sit next to and just, just, I mean, you know, I've got, I went to his date, not his date with destiny. He was unleashed power within, I think it was, or, um, his UPW, I think it was. And I spent like three or four days, 15 hours a day listening to the guy. And I literally got sick when I left there because I was so emotionally drained. But I remember two or three weeks after that, there wasn't anything that went wrong. I mean, I, I couldn't get up on the wrong side of the bed or do anything wrong. When your head is in that good of a place and you're that positive, everything I feel like just maybe just changed for me. So I think to be able to sit and talk with two very successful human beings that understand how the mind works and just be able to listen to stories. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be educational. Um, I don't know if it would be, you know, if I was to think about it for 24 hours, is it my final pick? I don't know, but it was my first, it was my first uh, uh, thought. It's actually, dude, that would be a great flight. And, and just to let you know, you're probably the like sixth or seventh male entrepreneur on this show that has picked Arnold, including me. So it's <laughs> a common answer. It's <laughs> a great answer, man. I love it. I love it. Come on, man. Good shit, man. So um, where can everybody find you, man? You got a lot of good stuff out there. You got a lot of cool products. Where can everybody find your stuff? Really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, I, I'd say go to Don Saladino's Instagram. I mean, that, that pretty much says it all. If you want to check out my, my programs, you can go to, to Bob, uh, download an app called Playbook. Uh, we got a free week trial on there, which is a lot of fun. Um, no strings attached, but I think it's one of those things where, you know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, but if you go to my Instagram channel and you go to my Playbook, you're pretty much getting everything. Perfect, man. Once again, thank you for coming on the show, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate everything, man. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show with Don. I know I really enjoyed talking with him and getting all the great information about transforming physiques and just the inside scoop on what celebrities are actually doing in the gym, which I think a lot of people don't truly understand. Before I let you go, I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Reebok One. Guys, if you want exclusive deal on the best gear to train in, and if you're a trainer who wants to get into a community of like-minded individuals doing big things in the industry, check out ReebokOne.com and sign up today. And last but not least, if you haven't yet, please leave me a five-star rating and review. As you guys know, it's what allows me to grow in the iTunes charts, put more effort into the podcast, and make it even bigger so you can get more free content. So once again, if you can, leave me a five-star rating and review. Until next time, I'm out.